Winning isn't everything, but wanting it is. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Bomb Squad Podcast. I am the host of your most, Jerry Lou, and with me, as always, is a guy who is sincerely stumped by the quote, Matt Smith. What up, Smitty? Not much, man. I I, I may or may not be stumped <clears throat> by the quote. Yeah. Winning isn't everything, but trying is. No, but wanting is. But wanting is. Wanting it is. Sorry, I, I, wanting I, as it I was saying it, I said that's not correct. American or other? Okay, this is like you only get one lifeline, and it's usually when I see you struggling, but you're you're pawing around here. It's American. Okay, then my, my American? first guess is Paul Azinger. Wow. Wow, that's amazingly random and off i it was uh, the answer is arnold palmer but <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> paul hazinger <laughs> you, you had me going he he's a pretty you intense had me going. guy I he's, the wrong he, quote. <laughs> he, he's a pretty intense guy he uh he's all about oh. winning you know he he really likes uh being in the throes of uh high pressure situations so oh, the, yeah i was hoping that was uh off the board but you've really stuck to kind of the mainstream old school quote so far so well unfortunately it seems like jack nicholas ben hogan or arnold palmer had most all the quotes followed by tiger woods and sam sneed trouble is Fair i saw sam sneed i'd never used oh and lee trevino's chock full of quotes too but i mean i try to but then there's a bunch from like bruce crompton or crampton or whatever he, i don't know who that is i mean i crampton yeah, I, I don't know who the guy is though yeah he, he's like an author or an architect or both or neither but either way I just know, um, yeah, I apologize. It's fun. It's fun. You got to think of fun stuff for me like that, Smitty. But uh, we're grateful for you all to be here. We are recording after the Sony Open has concluded. Kevin Na marched his way into victory in nice fashion. That was good for him. We'll talk about uh, some upcomers that uh, Smitty likes on tour, people who he says has arrived, which I'm curious to hear about this. Um a bit of dust ups on Twitter lately I, the, that I didn't mean to get involved in, but I uh, got involved in nonetheless. Um, of all people, you really? Is this? Well, wow. I'm trying, Is that the I'm first trying, time? I'm trying to be genuine and I'm trying to be uh, right down the middle. I, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, did, wasn't Dwight Schrute's quote? Is uh, He said, like, he's like, I know how to uh, ride a fence. Hell, I know how to sleep on the fence. The trick is getting the post in your mouth. <laughs> I, put you the, I put the quote but you get the idea where it's just like it's him planking along a fence with the with the fence post in his mouth it's like yeah i get it it works but um uh yeah i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to be a king of hot takes here i just know that i'm different at golf when it comes to a couple things and sometimes it just comes from a human perspective not a golf per- perspective just when and smitty and i'll get into that big time which uh, a couple people on Twitter have opened my eyes to a couple new principles that I'm like, you know what, maybe I should go back and try this because I, it, it, we'll get into that later in the show, but uh, real quick, just to get rid of some uh, housekeeping at the top of the show, Smitty, we might have new sponsors here. I almost don't even want to say it because I don't have something for the guests, guests, excuse me, haha, <laughs> that's uh, pertaining to the sponsor, but um, uh, we don't have a promo code or anything, but we're close to landing a new sponsor that has to do with, it's uh, essentially... A uh, fellow I caddied for uh, not too long ago, he's got, he's, he was the ticketing master for the Phoenix Suns, amongst other things. And he started this company. I'm not even going to give the name out yet, but it's a, a network of private clubs. And the only way to be a part, become a part of it is you have to be a member of a private club, but you essentially register yourself into this network and your club goes in the network. And uh, needless to say, it becomes like a national thing. And they have events. Like it's, it's already, it's pretty new for a couple of years, but uh uh, my buddy Jeff's been working on that, but uh, we don't have a promo code yet or anything. I just know for every membership that uh, I turn to him, I get like 800 bucks. <laughs> there you but go. Anyway. Very and interesting. Also, also, we love Clean Caddy. I don't know if Jerry Lou, the promo code still holds up since it's well past the holidays, but Clean Caddy, that's K-L-E-E-N-K-A-D-D-Y. My buddy Zach made a nice born from COVID product, and uh, you, I was using it today on the golf course caddying on Sheep Ranch and on the golf course afterwards at the club with the wife because it's a mud fest at my club right now but uh yeah clean caddy they're a great company uh i, I mean just buy their stuff you don't even need a promo code but something we can give you is 10 percent off head covers at gorsegolf.com that is g-o-r-s-e golf.com yes it's the plant that blooms 
when it looms, I got nothing. See, I need a, I need a written copy in front of me, but my boy crazy, he's a coworker of mine. He's a delight. I'm going to get him on my other podcast, which I want to talk to you about that too, Smitty. I got you to listen to my other podcast, but uh, crazy and his wife, Christine make these beautiful head covers. They're exactly like Seamus, Seamus's first generation canvas head covers, except they're literally half the price at 40 bucks. And if you put bomb squad pod, all one word in the coupon code, you get an initial 10% off of your total at Gorse golf. See him on Instagram at Gorse golf. And uh, yeah, done with the housekeeping. Um, oh, but also I wanted to show you this uh, now. So I, my other podcast loudest looper, it doesn't have the numbers, the robust numbers that this show has yet, but uh, it's often running with a bang. In fact, this guy just caddied for, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say he's a dear friend of mine. He devoured all the episodes of the Loudest Looper, listened to one episode of this show and said, this isn't his speed, Smitty, or whatever. Or he just said like, nah, I really didn't get it. So you suck or we suck, or but I'm fine. Anyways, uh, he got me, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, he made me a flask that says at Jerry Lou Looper on it. I mean, this is the bar. And as I said on Twitter, the bar has been set folks. Like I never thought people would be getting me tchotchkes or th- all the way up to things with my name on it, but he's a cool dude. His name's Ben Bloom. He, uh, <laughs> he kept telling me to root around the bag. There's uh there's treats in there like, or like presents for me. And I'm just sitting there going like, I'm not rooting around the bag, Ben. I don't care how cool we are, but uh, yeah, that was cause uh, he had, he had made me a personalized flask and he had a flask, didn't say anything on it, but didn't get too many birdies, but uh, thank you, Ben. Big shout out if, if you listen to this show. But uh, that's more big shout out to my other podcast, Loudest Looper, which is geared towards caddies talking about caddy stuff. And uh, I think, Matt, do you listen to Joe Rogan show at all? I do. Yeah. And not full episodes, but clips here and there, depending on the guest. Yeah. But you get the formatting of his show. I mean, it's pretty much ironclad the same way. It's a free for all. Right. But I mean, it's always him and somebody talking, just sitting there. So absolutely. So, so that's what I'm starting to do with my loudest looper shows is ever since I did the Casey Peters interview. Now my shows are dropping weekly live, hopefully, but all I'm doing is essentially just chatting with, uh, uh, with, um, uh, with a caddy or whatever. And then all of a sudden I just hit record. I'm like, and as I quoted the first line of the show, I said, and then next thing you know, we're just talking Toby Flinderson anyways. So <clears throat> yeah, that loudest looper you should listen to it it's a good show it's gonna it's gonna overtake this show one day i swear so um sony open <clears throat> how did you enjoy yli overall yli actually yeah something we didn't bring up pre-show was uh <laughs> some chatter about the golf course um always a fun tournament it's usually the full first uh, full <laughs> field event of the year um speaking calendar year of course obviously not pga tour schedule year um but it's usually a great kickoff to january um it usually causes a lot of throat coughing on uh on the way of the, of the host oh <clears throat> shut up sorry <clears throat> sorry that, i thought that I, I thought that, that was static coming through. My apologies. Um, oh, you really thought that was static. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a, it was a great tournament. Um, rather, you know, docile conditions, not a lot of wind, which we usually see out in Hawaii. So some good scoring, uh, which led to a, a great Should have been better. Should have been better, honestly. Like, because I wasn't paying too close attention. I'm glad you said it, that the conditions are pretty docile. Because that course is, it's, it. it it doesn't have any teeth. Like, I mean, it's, it's Matt Kuchar's backyard. I mean, it's like the wind. I hate to say it. I love Kevin, Na, but the guy doesn't hit the ball very tall or very far. I mean, then again, Titleist has, if he's still swinging Titleist, they have some new equipment that might help them or whatever. But I mean, they're, 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 Kevin Na's strength is not the driver. And that's and correct. Yeah. And he's a perfectly, he's like Kevin Kisner. He's a perfectly fine golfer. It's just, you got to get off the tee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a very, very flat, golf course um you know not a lot to it some dog legs very positional off the tee um but it's one of those courses that even though it it doesn't have that teeth it doesn't have the thick rough it doesn't have the deep bunkers um you really have to place it around on the right side of the fairways miss on the proper side of the greens because of the internal contours and tilt so uh guy like that will real quick how similar is that to plantation course that they just played at i know that place seems to be a lot more extreme i know i've played that course before i haven't played yli however yli to me just looks like a ping pong table just sitting on like a sandbar i mean uh yeah yli is extremely flat um and small and and, and it's small and short right it is it's it's not a long golf course at all i I want to say it's it's 71 100 yards it's like a Florida lagoon or Parkland course or, or, or a mixture of that. But then instead of like having houses around it, it's the Pacific ocean. <laughs> Absolutely. And when you look at 
the top of the leaderboard that we saw this week, you see a lot of great ball strikers, not necessarily the guys that bomb it. Um, obviously, Kevin Na, you see uh, winning uh, with a one-stroke victory at birdie on the final winning. hole. Uh, Chris Kirk, Yoki Neiman continuing his strong play. Um, but then a couple of, you know, preeminent ball strikers that, uh, you know, Webb Simpson, Mark Leishman, uh, Colin, Colin Arkawa, Billy is Horschel. Leishman, is Leishman just a wintertime golfer or something? Because that's when he's always at his strongest, like from here to like at Torrey. And like once he gets to Bay Hill, that's when the Jets start to cool. Or, or, or no, a- Sawgrass. Sawgrass is when he like decides to take the rest of the year off. It is Australian summer. Mm, meow. He's, so so maybe- he's probably, okay. Maybe there's something to that. But uh, you look at this top 10 or, or top T11 here, Russell Henley, Nick Taylor, Matt Jones, Daniel Berger. Um, you see Berger. a lot of the best iron strikers on tour. So uh, a lot of guys that, that will have a lot of looks at birdie. Uh, and you get, the, you get the flat stick going. And, and a guy like Kevin Nog is known as a great putter, great role on the golf ball, ends up winning. Um, hey, here's a I, comp for you. How about uh, Kevin Nog is today's Brad Faxon? Now, look, I know. Now, listen, listen, Brad Faxon is probably the most legendary putter not to win a major, per se, or not to have really much of a resume. I don't know how much he's won, period. But we all know the Mm. fact. We all we all know the facts. I mean, the F.A.X., the Faxon, not the fact, folks. I'm saying that Brad Faxon is it's kind of like pretend Ernie Els didn't win any majors, but we all knew that guy in his swing still. It's just like one of those. Mm -hmm. So Brad Faxon, I mean, I'd say it's like in terms of just trying to gauge a game, not with too much of an equipment or generational difference, I'd be like, oh, Kevin Na, Brad Faxon, aren't these the same guys? Maybe Fax is a little bit better of a putter, but Kevin Na's is certainly a fine putter. He just has to be, he's like my boy, Ryan Armour. He's he's not long off, off the tee where everything else has to be going perfect for him to shoot 368s and then a 69 to win a tournament. Yeah, the, I I really like that comparison. Uh, Brad Faxon spent hey. in, extremely long time on tour i want to say like 85 to 2010 uh, when, when i said brad fax and your eyes went wild and i saw you typing so i here i'm i'm, I'm gonna pull up his uh, wikipedia page real quick but uh well, he joined the tour and i want to say it looks like 1980 probably five ish uh he turned pro in 83 um 83. he has uh Number of wins by tour, eight on the PGA, one of the PGA Tour of Australia, two of the PGA Tour of Champions, haha, mm-hmm. and ten other. Yeah, so I see PGA Tour wins at eight. Kevin Na right now at five with four over the last four years. But he's that's- been on tour for 19 years already. So I would say that's a great comparison. And, and you know, obviously Kevin Na in his previous version of Kevin Na, extremely slow player, um, driver, yeah. yips. Obviously, if you're an avid golf fan, you, you can picture that um, that video from the Valero Texas Open where he was – intentionally hey, missing the golf ball out of respect for him we won't bring that up but and also as a man who experienced driver yips for 30 seconds today uh we won't speak of that that's been my new fear is i'm just getting a little handsy with all the clubs at impact i need to settle it down <laughs> maybe you should go driver shaft in the five wood i did put that together but i left it at home thank you <laughs> we'll get more to that later but yeah actually, real, real it, quick uh real quick i see here about brad fax and uh, a lot of amateur wins he won uh three rhode island amateurs no oh i'm sorry uh two rhode island amateurs and two new england amateurs essentially in 79 80 and 81 with 80 being the year the two overlapped uh won the uh Santa Hannah amateur after that i mean and then pj tour yada 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 what were you saying <clears throat> well i was just actually going to bring up the equipment um for you know he signed with Callaway two years ago he's no longer a titleist player um but he's actually using 2019 Callaway equipment so he, he still has the great big Bertha epic so the first green version um of their driver and play he's got epic flash woods um and actually uses I, I want to say they're from 2015 or 16 the apex pro forged iron so uh, not a guy that that changes equipment very often but uh he, he knows exactly what they do and and i know you'd appreciate this a ton um coming down the stretch on sunday some great great conversations between him and his caddy and and i do um excuse Kevin me Kevin is a cool ha- dude I, I i want him to be mic'd up he's a he's a cool guy 
Yeah. So excuse me for not having the uh, the name of his caddy. It was some great, great conversations. Um, his, his caddy really telling him, you know, this is the club. This is the number. Nope, it's a stock. Um, so some, some great things to hear, which I was actually uh, very pleased with the broadcast in terms of having uh, not only Bones, but I now believe there's a second former tour caddy on staff doing the broadcast and really letting those conversations come through, which was great to hear. And we uh, we uh, we have him on the pod tonight as a guest. That person is Steve Williams. Steve, get your ass in here! Come on, Steve, get in here! Oh, mate, I just punched a kangaroo. Wow! Whoa! 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 Well, folks, hopefully we can edit that out. I'm really sorry to all my uh, Australian uh, listeners and friends uh, south of the border, as it will. Um, we uh, we apologize greatly because at first with. I like to think that Matt's the international flavor of the show because he's Canadian and I'm American and we think we're the center of the goddamn universe. But I would be, wouldn't be surprised if we have more Canadian and or international listeners than American. It's very possible. We're starting to grow in England, by the way. Um, Toda. Anyways, um, but you really did a great job early on with some Australian knowledge. And then this just completely swatted that ball back into the water. That's correct. Because he's actually, <laughs> I believe, from New Zealand. He's not an Aussie. Steve William is a Kiwi, I do believe. Oh, okay. Now here we go. Wikipedia again, because that might be not that that's any like breaking news to me, but I mean, like I just always thought, I know he races and owns racing teams in Australia, but yes. that's really essentially been like my, my extent of knowing him biographically from home, so to speak. So Steve Williams, uh, caddy, he's born and, uh, Oh God, that is now how, how can you write this in the, no, don't worry. Don't get, you can stop making the face. You're correct. But they said nationality, New Zealander. They put ER in there in the official block. That's like saying, uh, I mean, nationality. Wouldn't you just like, why would it say nationality? Oh, what is it, New Zealandish or Kiwi? What do you want to call them? Well, I'm trying to say like maybe take nationality out and just put like country of origin or like where your yeah, birth, birthplace. I mean, he doesn't. Okay. This, I don't know who's in charge of Steve Williams' Wikipedia page because his it says when he was born. It doesn't say where he was born. It usually says for everyone where you were born. It just says born, and there's the date, and it says nationality, New Zealander. Like, that's what a 12-year-old does when they run a Wikipedia page, Matt. Come on. Hey, that's the beauty of uh, crowdsourcing information. Right You're now. out of order. This does say he was born in Wellington, if we want to put a, a further pit on where he's from. But, uh, but yeah, when I, when I just looked up, uh, what's his nuts? Who are we talking about? Crocodile Dundee? It didn't say. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so... Yes, Kevin Ah plays Callaway. That's what you're saying. Uh, while I was uh, while I was marching all over Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we got past that. We talked about some great caddy conversations, yes. um, which was <laughs> was great to see and hear. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up pretty much the uh, the Sony Open. Other than yeah. a, another strong finish from uh, Yoki Neiman. Oh um, yeah, new boyfriend. How's that? I, I, the kid's coming into his own. He's, it's I think. Up. Up, guys, love Harris English. You love Joaquin Neiman. Is this your new flavor of the week? Because if, if we're declaring that, I'm still a Charles Howell the third guy. I've been for 18 years. <laughs> I, I, maybe I have some trash envy. I, I don't know. The guy can hit it low. He's now learning to hit it high. Like he's, he's going to have it all. A great short game. Has uh, he for Augusta this year? Has he what? Sorry? Is he qualified for Augusta this year? I don't know. That's you should a good. Get, you should get the fuck on that and look that up, just so you can start like you know tugging at your short and curlies there for a little dark horse. <laughs> Maybe we'll wait till February to start pulling out the Masters see, board. I want, I want you to do you do me this much, and I'll do you the rest. You you find out for me if Joaquin Neiman's in the field, and I will try to get you current odds, or at least I'll text you later once I find them out when we're done recording, and then we'll you take go. a litmus test two months from now. Okay, fair enough. It's not like we're betting against each other. I'm just yelling at you like, I'm going to do such good research for you. Do you like that? Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, Kevin, nah, 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 won the Sony Open, not to be confused with the, the Microsoft Xbox 400. And, uh, well, speaking of, now, there was one thing we weren't going to talk about just because uh, there are some subjects, regardless of how much we want to talk about stuff that we do avoid, and for good reason. And I have my few that, you know what, we haven't even gotten close to, which means we're pretty lucky because I haven't even had to tell Smitty uh, no-fly zone. But there was some unfortunate news with a, um, uh, they didn't say he was Hall of Fame, but he's a multiple major winner, uh, international golfer who uh, got into some shit for some shit that he's been doing for a long shitty time. 
But another thing that you and I didn't really talk about too much in the runner that I want to bring up quickly, but again, it's in the, it's in the folder of beating a dead horse or something we don't want to talk about is uh, Ralph Lauren dropping Justin Thomas. Now, this must have happened within the past 36 hours because, Smitty, I feel like I've been hearing about it all goddamn week. I don't care if it's what he said. I don't care if it's everyone's mad. I feel like I just everyone's talking about Ralph Lauren dropping. It was a big deal when Tiger lost sponsors. Remember when, uh, when like, Buick dropped him and American Express dropped him or whatever? And to be fair, mm-hmm. it's his wife that beat up the car. Like, I remember mm-hmm. it, take that away from that, Doc. <laughs> um, yeah, so an interesting story coming out of uh, – Brazil and uh and, and Argentina um that Angel Cabrera had been oh you extradited. said I thought we we're gonna avoid it <laughs> well hey I, I think since we brought it up we need to at least uh you know talk about it for at least a moment um yeah it looks like he's been extradited back to Argentina to face uh it sounds like some domestic abuse charges yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he he he's always struck me as a weird looking dude. He's he seems like a nice enough fella. My joking beef with Angel Cabrera was he won his first major in 2007 U.S. Open at the Whistling Straits, five over par. I'm remembering this all from memory. Beat Tiger Woods and somebody else by one stroke. I forget, but it was it was 2007, uh, and it was his uh, first. I'm sorry, what what did you say happened at Whistling Straits? The U.S. Open, or was that the PJ Championship? I'm sorry. Uh, that was Vijay Singh winning the PGA Championship 2004 at Whistling Straits. Angel yeah. Cabrera has a U.S. Open and a Masters. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that his U.S. Open? Was at Whistling? It wasn't at Whistling. Where was it? Oakmont. Ah, oh, I do that every time to Oakmont. I am so sorry. Maybe it's because every time I play Oakmont on the, the video game machine, the first screen scares me to death. Oakmont is... Uh, that's that seven-foot-tall broad that I'm attracted to, but I won't go near. Is That's Oakmont. <laughs> That's a great comparison. I, I, now, now, I see, now I see why I just jabbed, jabbed your spoke there and threw you off. Uh, Angel Cabrera's first major, Oakmont, even better, uh, 2007 U.S. Open. But I remember distinctly seeing him at Pebble Beach in 2000, not making the cut like everybody else, but he was ranked number ninth in the world at the time. Granted, he has a lot of international wins, but he was that guy who was like, if we were looking at like Formula One circuits or other circuits, he logged so many non-prestigious like wins and just like times on tour that this guy was cemented in the world top 10 for, for a decade before he even won a major. And then he wins, didn't he win a Masters as well? He did. He did, yeah. In a playoff? Yeah, that was the Chad Campbell, Kenny Perry playoff, I do believe. Yes, it was, yes, it was, which I hate to say it when I saw all three of those guys. In the, who would you want to win? Let's just, let's just go back in time and say you had Angel Cabrera, Chad Campbell, and Kenny Perry. And, and not knowing what you know about anything, because honestly, without with the exception of Mr. Cabrera's recent news, uh, that's about it. So who, who wh- let's rewind you back whatever year that was. Wh- who were you rooting for at the time? Kenny Perry. Me too. I was too. I, the thing is, like, I don't know why I, Kenny Perry, he was older, but there was something about him I related to a bit more that I really enjoyed. But Chad Campbell, though, I hate to say it like, oh, well, if you wanted, like, I don't want to say the young hot shot. Like he was there. I mean, he was kind of like he's kind of like a quasi Charlie Hoffman sometimes. I mean, yeah, Chad Campbell's a tough one because there's nothing memorable about him. But but there Zero. was like a, there, there was a good six years where he showed up for every other major very well, or or he like would always he would he would always lose in a playoff in a tour a, just a regular tour stop every year. I mean. Yeah, he, he finished runner-up to Sean McKeel at the PGA when McKeel won his. And then the next year, he, yeah. I believe he came and won the PGA. I, I do believe he has a PGA championship, does he not? You look that up instead I look that up. Because you're sitting – I can tell you got screens. No, no, he, 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 he doesn't. He, he was he, T2 in, in the 2009 Masters, obviously, to Carrera. Uh, second in that 2003 PGA championship. Um, he's got a T5 – yeah, he, other than the U.S. Open at T18, but, you know, Chad Campbell doesn't extremely scream to me, you know, oh. world-class golfer. He, like, obviously he is because he played on the PGA but, Tour and has four PGA but, Tour wins. But, but, but given given how given how golf works out and how you know it works out when it comes to, like, the magic of the one-time major winners list, is Chad Campbell not more decorated technically or we know his name or see him a lot more than some guys who are one-time major winners? I mean... Yeah, you just throw him in the same boat, right? If you have a handful of PGA Tour wins or one major, all in the same 
really that, is. That's that's why it bums me out that David Tom's only won one major, where it's just like, no, that guy was perfect. You want to talk about like Davis Love the Third reincarnate, right? While he was still alive, we had it. We had like Davis Love the Third up to two thousand, the year two thousand, and then two thousand one on, we had David Tom's for a bit. I'm like, these guys are the same, and it's great. It's just white sliced bread golf. I mean, just like perfect. Like he hits every club is a very round number. I could like write it down on a cocktail napkin and be like, he hits driver two seventy five, three with two fifty, five with two twenty five. That's it. It's just simple, simple, simple fundamental. Yeah, I feel like from the the early to mid '90s to the early 2000s was like Oprah golf for the majors. Like, you get one, you get one, <laughs> you get one. Like, everybody gets a major. It doesn't matter how relevant you are or not. Just everybody gets okay. one. All right. And, so here, let's let, let, since we're we're just throwing out hypotheticals and no answers, but let's throw out another one here. We'll call that little stretch Curtis Strange to Tiger Woods. So we're saying like 1990 when Curtis Strange went back-to-back for U.S. Opens, and that was the only thing he fucking did. Still good, though. Still amazing. I, I just Definitely. like to say, like, you know what I mean? And, and he's a above-average uh, broadcaster, which, honestly, that might be harder to do than win a golf major when it comes to, like, the golf industry as being a good broadcaster. I'm not I saying you're hard. I'm just saying, you know, we tend to see losers or weirdos pull it off in the performance sense, but then when they get on the microphone or in a management sense, uh-oh, look out. They should have just gone signing balloons at their car dealership in Florida or something. But anyways, um, God, see, I'm off track again here. Okay, no, the era. So in the era of we're just going to call it for a PGA Tour, 1990 to 1997, who was the most dominant golfer? Greg Norman. And, no, it couldn't. Nick Price? He won his, oh, but he, okay, okay, but. I like that's a good one because it's like, okay, Freddie Couples won one major in that time, but he was pretty big. Tom Kite was big, but only won one major. Uh, Greg Norman won two majors, but they were in the prior decade, boy. Both his majors were in the 80s. Tom, so. Tom Lehman? But, but see, I could, what we're starting to do is right? I'm saying. Like we're doing, that, we're naming a bunch of guys with like one or two majors. It's a seven-year stretch of like every team that won the championship was their first championship in 30 years. I mean, that's, Other than so the Bills, we just, yes, you're right. Uh, oh, and speaking of. <laughs> you see that dust up i got in with bill's mafia oh my god they i did not so... see that oh okay well, they're, this is a, they're a sensitive they're a sensitive breed they're a sensitive this a good, breed this is a good well as i learned jesus christ and i this this brings back the, uh, the the justin thomas thing because i thought i i thought i had my like 24 carat tweet of the month where i'm like this is be the one that gets 500 likes and gets me on like sports center or something but i said so does justin thomas just give his polos to like the third world country that thinks the bills were a mega dynasty 30 years ago I had two people in particular come after me hard who were Bills fans. One of them I work with. I know him personally, and he's he's a very smart man, but he's a very arrogant asshole, too. But uh, And I know he doesn't listen to this, and if he did, he'd agree. Everyone would say that about him. But, I, I, Kevin, you're still a smart guy. You're a smart fucking guy. You're just a dick. That's all. I, that's what I strive to be. He's our best caddy, too, by the way, Matt. He is our number one earner. So that's it's that's why it's one of those things. Like, make fun of the Asians being good at math. You think they hate that? They're good at math. We're not. I mean, ha-ha. Anyways, they – these guys got all in a tizzy about like me saying like, like even Kevin KJ got to a point where he's just kind of like, you know, go to three Super Bowls and losing. Nobody's done that before. Some would say it's harder. I'm like, I never said it wasn't. I never got in the bills case. All I said was there's a thing in this world where the losing team for every single major sport in the championship game, they have shirts and hats for both the teams. And I started to get flustered going like, can you, you can't hear my tone on Twitter. I'm repeating myself stuff we've known for years where it's like, they send these shirts to foreign countries because they, it's, it's perfectly good. Whatever, but the joke is, El Salvador thinks the Bills kicked major ass in the early '90s. Like they think they destroyed, and that's hilarious to me. That's all. And 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 then finally, I got a couple of them to calm down and say like, "Yo, no, we know about that." I'm like, "Well, that's all. I was, that was the only point I was trying to make." And then one guy, Joe Colangelo, love you. He doesn't listen, but he's a good Twitter personality. I'm thinking about starting a Twitter uh, wolf pack, and he might be a part of it. But after recently, nah, he's on the bubble. But um. He said, us Bills fans, sorry, we're fragile because we're not used to this. And after our history, you know, so we're a little we're a little tough to talk to. So I just flatly tweeted him saying, great. So long as you guys keep winning, I can't talk to you. Super. And he thought that was funny. And I'm just like, well, that was the last thing I said to him. So until the Bills are out of the playoffs, fuck off, Bills Mafia. I hope you guys win as long as you can. But you just don't want me to talk to you. Yeah, I think it's going to be about six more days before he can talk to you. <laughs> well, you know, I honestly... Th- do you follow um, NFL, uh, American football at all? I enough to know what's relevant, what's not. Well, but you, so you're probably on the level I'm at, where I used to be 
Now I know they're Los Angeles Chargers, but I was a San Diego Chargers fan, but I ditched them back like 2014 or 15 when I was living there. Like I was, I was a San Diego Chargers fan in Maryland, in Colorado, in Oregon, everywhere I've lived. And just given how things were going with management and how they just like kept like shooting themselves in the butthole with their own guns. I just was like, this, this is too tough. I'm, I'm almost feeling like acid reflux, just thinking about like our mediocrity. Well, we were a good team. We had good times. Everything was great. But in the end, it's just like, I don't like seeing the Hindenburg being built when knowing that it's just going to slowly burn up. So it's just like, how about I just disassociate myself with this for good, but I still tend to have a pretty good grasp and lay of the land. So I know it's a golf podcast, but real quick, in the football sense for America uh, playoffs right now, we got some good ass teams in there right now. We got a lot of great action. I mean, it's fun to seeing the Cleveland Browns do what they did. I was looking at going like, let's just have the Browns and Bills go at it for the Super Bowl. I know that I don't know if that's they're both AFC teams. Wait, I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. So that would have been a hell of a championship game, but but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Sorry, Bills Mafia. I, I apologize for trying to be as funny as I could and stretch my digital wings there. And it didn't really work. So whatever. So one interesting thing you, you talked about in there um, was your Twitter feuds this week. What other kind of Twitter feud did you get in this week? Well, you know what? Honestly, it wasn't even this week. It was this morning or last night. And I, I think it stemmed from somebody saying something about how it was just, you know what, it was one of my followers, nice guy. Uh, I don't know what his Twitter handle is right now, and, and it breaks my heart not saying it, but uh, his name's Cart Jockey. He said, like, why are people, why do people use a T on par threes? And essentially, I just stood up and started applauding. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I do the same thing. Where Because my whole thesis is when the ball's anywhere else off the tee, I am not allowed to tee it up. Therefore, I'm not used to the teed up situation. Mm-hmm. So that is even why on par threes, whether I'm hitting my wood, which I don't carry. So we'll just say whether I'm hitting three iron down to my 58 degree wedge, I do not tee the ball up even on a par three tee box. And it's not, I line my ball up. You know something I noticed? I'm the only person that lines lines their ball up. Like you want to talk about people who do or don't use tees? Fuck that. I line my ball up 18 times around. Okay. Not counting putting on every single tee box. And every Mm -hmm. single chance I have to lift clean and place my ball, I line it up. I do. A couple people told me, well, one person told me something that made a lot of sense to me and whether the, the physics of hitting it, the ball that way work or not. I finally did some, start doing something four years ago was here's how you build your square stance and, and consistency. You get the ball pointed where you want to and you commit to that or you adjust to it. And so honestly, that I mean, that's something I'd be rather up in arms about. Be like, why aren't, why aren't people like, I, I see it with every, literally every golfer I caddy for, nobody lines up their ball when they tee off. Why not? That's I, Yeah, I don't know. I So I, I do in a way, I, I, I guess you could say I line my ball up. I but, apologize. Though. I'm sorry. This isn't even the point that like you asked. Uh, the, yeah. the, the whole initial point was a T on a par three. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, I'd love to have our, our listeners chime in on that tweet that obviously you sent out. Um, I come from the school of I don't I love practice ever. Yeah, I, I don't I don't practice with a T of like with my irons um i i don't hit off a tee when it's in the fairway so i I really don't have that calibration is there a difference um i want to say there is and i want to like the only time i will ever use a tee on a par three for an iron um is if i want to get a little more height and maybe hit it a couple yards further because i'm striking it higher on the club face that usually takes spin off the ball so higher launch lower spin equals longer flight simple as that now does that actually happen when you tee up a, a, a ball on a par three and hit a short iron? I don't know. And I'm going to give a big shout out. I'm actually, now that I think of it and see my reflection, um, wearing a TXG Tour Experience Golf hoodie. Um, they actually have a YouTube video because I looked it up. Because they're kind of like the myth busters when it comes to golf club fitting. Um, so they do all kinds of, you know, tee height studies. They do... Um, you know, basically hot, cold golf balls, all kinds of stuff like that. And one video that they did about eight months ago was, should you use the tee on a par three? Um, I, I, I know I watched it. I don't remember what the outcome is, but I, you know what? I just, in the back of my head, I have this preconceived notion that if I would need to hit, say, uh, an eight iron 165 yards in the air when I only carry it 160, I'm probably going to have to tee it up. Um, and that'll give me that extra couple of yards. So I'm interested to hear what our, our, our listeners think. Um, but also, you know, if anybody 
ever wants to find more about these topics, kind of those myth busting golf topics, um, you know, how far, you know, wind, yeah, temperature, uh, moisture on the club face, things like that. Or in this case, should you use a tee on a par three tour experience golf on YouTube TXG has the answer probably. So look them up. I'm probably going to watch that video right after we finish recording this. I did uh, write that down and circle it as nobody, none of y'all saw because this is not video because we, if, if you're seeing this right now, this is many years in the future and we are the biggest names in golf talk radio. And uh, once Smitty was talking about that, I went from scrupulous, uh, from uh, dubious to, uh, to uh, um, intrigued. And I told him like, just keep talking. I'm writing this all down. So, Ooh, look at that. I'm bleeding. You like that? Look at that. You are bleeding. Who made Ooh. you bleed your own blood? Hey, uh, uh, Talk for 30 seconds. Give me, give me, give me one moment. Oh boy. Putting me on the spot, huh? You say whatever you want to. Uh, you can't do that, man. Can't do that. I don't hear anything. This is dead air. I hope we paid our editor a lot of money because he's got some work to do. Let me just tell you anything. that. I didn't say anything. You put me on the you spot. Turned. Like, you turned. No, no, this is I, not edited. We always say it is, but it never is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, in this case, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be some dead air. But okay, uh, well, it's only like five seconds. I mean, you fall off a bull in that, you're disqualified. So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. A minor a med medical issue i said hey just talk for 30 seconds i was gone for four and i all here i come back and it just sounds like sounds like i, I would have taken that, that that chick from the video in the ring where she's just like Ugh. i mean come on that would have been way better than nothing <laughs> hey you guys want to hear the most annoying sound in the world <laughs> i would have we all would have <laughs> Oh boy, we have too Thank much God, fun. On that the show. was short. No, I'm I'm telling Ty. I hope he listens to it and leaves it in there. But I mean, that's just like proper <laughs> for him. So, anywho, um, what else we uh, want? I don't. Well, okay. So, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the uh, the teeing it up on a par three thing? I mean, no. We'll let our uh, listeners figure that one out on their own. Um, it's going to be a while till I get to test that out in person. Obviously, we're under lockdown here in Canada, and it's definitely not golf season up here, so That's it's going right. to be a while. You guys had a, a nuclear bomb drop, and you're in winter, so it's nuclear winter. Uh, something you mentioned earlier to go back and dig up some Sony Open stuff, but uh, hey, uh, I, I just saw a dead horse, and I got a stick in my hand, so let's go uh, get, take a whack <laughs> at it. You mentioned this out of the blue, and I didn't know why, but you told me why. What happened to Hideki? That could what be a happened? segment. That could be a segment. Where you're like, what happened to Hideki Matsuyama? I, well, what happened like, is nothing new. The guy hit the ball like Tiger Woods circa 2002, but he can't get. Whoa, the you bite your tongue, and I'm not even a Tiger guy. But he can't get the ball in the hole. It's it's quite embarrassing. I don't to know quote, if you know what to quote Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, putting. That's that's essentially his game. Like I mean, he doesn't have a problem with the driver. He is electric with the irons, as we've mm -hmm. seen. Like bad shots, he's disgusted by. We'd love to be ten feet away from the hole like that. And yeah. uh, and when it comes to the putter, and I've watched him practice. I've watched him practice in person. I've watched him practice uh, live on TV since then. And when he practices, everything's fine. Uh, his demeanor doesn't show that anything's wrong. But once he gets on the golf course, he doesn't seem to be able to make a putt. He he looks like me if I was a tour player, but just the putting part. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've noticed no big changes. Um, the routine's the same. The putter style's the same. Now, I don't know, maybe he's changed weights, grip, something. Um, but a, a, a large change, such as a, a switch to a mallet, yeah, I believe he's or in dexterity. Yeah, <laughs> something. Um, but just the struggle continues. Um, will Hideki ever be, like, even if he has a week up, like, in the positive for strokes gained putting, he's usually right at the top of the leaderboard. Like it's, it's a top three, top five guarantee. So if only he was an average putter, he would be destroying everybody. Pretty much. That okay. scary as okay. that is. Right, who, who's an, uh, who's an, a former comp to a current Hideki Mats Matsuyama? Like who, who was the player that was like great at everything, but so awful at putting that if they were just average at it, they would have been a terror. Uh, Adam, oh Sergio Garcia, Adam Scott, like you're looking at. Well, I was 
a little like more more in the past i mean because obviously like Tommy the, Bolt. well the more the more history goes on the more that the people who didn't achieve don't obviously get talked about or get referenced or or whatever i mean that's why mm-hmm. what's what's the name of that oh god what was it uh i think he was a new zealander as well thompson peter thompson australian australian wasn't he so good at golf that he essentially got banned from the pj tour or from like you're something? talking about bobby Locke. Bobby, oh yeah, South, okay, African. South African, but you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a guy mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like, no, this here's an example of some guy who was so good at something. We had to shut it down. Well, Hideki, like, okay. In baseball, if you're a four tool player, you're going to have a nice 20 year career, make a lot of money. Hideki's a four tool golfer and he ain't winning shit. Yeah. But coffee's uh, for closers only. You got a putt. There you go. Tiger, it, when he was winning at his most, he was putting at his best as every winner does, but he wasn't exactly hitting every fairway. He wasn't exactly hitting every green. He was just, he was strong. He had, he had the best will and his putter was hot when it had to be. Yeah. Like it, to me, I, and I'm not going to compare this because obviously I hope the careers turn out much differently. Michelle, we, Oh, outstanding driver and, and striker no, but, of the ball. Michelle but Wee won majors, plural. She won one. One okay, well, at least you think okay, okay, all right, let's keep let's never, keep never, hey, never won keep, a lot. No, nah, gets the ball in the hole. Let's keep weaving this wagon down the road. Do you think Hideki Matsuyama is gonna win a major? Gun to your head. Oh my god, I, I'm gonna blow no. your brain out. No, okay. me either. It's what I hate to say, it, dog. No, say what one either. more time. <laughs> say what again? <laughs> I hate to say it. I almost put it though in the category. It's like, well, then that just makes him Tony Fee now. Then, huh? Look how good this guy is, but he doesn't finish. That's why I'm so pissed. Louis Yu stays in one one major because he's just like those guys. Who wins a major first, Jordan Spieth or Hideki Matsuyama? Where's the neither choice? Is there a neither choice? I'm not. It could I'm not be. It could be Rory. Okay. All right. Listen. Okay. Hold on. No. We'll, shelf that we'll get to that um if you're if you're putting a gun between my eyes and saying hideki or jordan to win a major next i'll say speed i will say speed and i will say it with 100 confidence but i don't like either one of those choices that's why we make those choices i wanted to see neither of the above because oh and guess what you're not going to give me good odds on oh now those guys will win a major for the rest of history well that's probably that's like i got an 80 percent chance of happening worst case scenario i mean come on Give me, give me more. I like this stuff. Come on, give me some comps, baby. Here, here's some comps. John Daly. Who are we comparing John Daly to? Hideki, no. a historically poor putter. No. Um, wait, John Daly. You... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump your brakes, John Daly. You said was a historically poor putter. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, you're, I know you're, you're the worst right dozen putters on tour since 2004. Minimum of five years on tour. John Daly. John Daly makes that list. To be fair, since, since 2004, which was yeah, kind of like yeah. his last hurrah. That was literally his last time. win. Tory Pines, 2004. That was literally his last win. So you're talking about like taking the worst sample size of a guy who didn't even play very much. To be fair, you get off John Daly's grade. You get your ass right off of it. I think the problem you see here is that a lot of these names that are on this top 12 list, you've never really heard of in mainstream you, golf because you, they weren't good enough players. Okay. For, you, everyone can tune out right now, but uh, everyone's going to tune out right now. But give it to me now. Let's nerd out, somebody. Go, Joe Durant. Oh, Joe Durant, the guy who set the scoring record at the Chrysler Open, the the uh, the one. Uh, 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 it was the one that, uh, the, the the five round one, the Bob Hope Chrysler Class Classic in two thousand okay. two thousand one. He set the uh, the five round scoring record at like thirty six under par, and mm-hmm. and honestly, people were calling him. I forget who said it. It might have been Arnold Palmer. Somebody said Joe Durant is like a fighter pilot. You got to watch out for that guy. And I hate to say it for literally like 60 days on the PJ tour, like much like Rich Beam, Joe Durant was the balls. I remember that distinctly. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't stump me on these names. Joe, okay. Durant, is, Joe Durant is a home wrecker. I love that guy. Okay. How about this one? This guy is most famous for being paired with Tiger Woods at the 1996 Phoenix open. This guy was hitting first, hit it to about three feet, and Tiger made his famous hole-in-one right after him. Name have, this player. I have an educated guess. I don't think it's going to fit the criteria. It's going to entertain the shit out of you. But 
I'm embarrassed to say that I know that clip very well and I'm blanking on who he was playing with. Hell, I forgot that person even stuffed that close. Is it Mark O'Mara? It is Omar Uresti. I never... <laughs> he, I believe, is now a oh PGA professional who year after year qualifies for the PGA Championship via PGA Club Professional Championship. He was... Wait a minute. I know that guy from like 15 other things. I almost know him personally, like in person. And that was the guy that was with Tiger in 96 in Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, That's the, actually... The, the, the that might be... High that five. Might be, that might be the coolest, like thing that guys had in his career in terms of like oh. I've talked to a lot of people where I'm like why do I know that name they're just like oh he's just some like senior citizen who has a scratch handicap but he like plays the right events and grinds it out and still wins a lot of events up into his like late 50s 60s or whatever I mean all right get, give me the next one let's go uh Greg Owen never okay. heard of the guy you Will first Will, Will Will McKenzie oh, I know he's Australian yeah. he's yeah. kind of like the surfer dude um yeah. Boo Weekly Oh, yeah, big country. Big country. Rocco Mediate. We all know Rocco, yeah. He, <laughs> technically, that motherfucker almost won the 2008 U.S. Open, and then he had to sweat for an extra day. That poor Definitely. guy got grilled. The poor, he deserved the U.S. Open, but it was Tigers. It was one of my favorite majors. It was, I mean, honestly. Yeah, legendary. Sorry. Alex Cheka. <laughs> yes, that's that's good. These are, DJ... These are DJ Trahan. That's a little blast from the pasty. Sure. Yep. Still in the street. I mean, Hunter Mahan was better, but. Yep. Uh, Charles Warren. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. Next. Billy Mayfair. Oh, really? Oh, he made the, the list. The, the, the slice putter. Always oh. sliced all his putts. Yeah. Good for Billy. You know what I remember Billy for was like sometime in the late nineties, he actually had nine birdies and nine holes on a tour event. He didn't like even win the event, but it was like a record at the time or something. It was like, fuck yeah, baby. You know what he's really famous for is cheating. Yeah. Well, we're not going to go there because let's not speak ill of guys who, uh, you know, can't defend themselves. Um, I was going to say like, it's not like he's a hero or anything. He's just, he's just a guy. It's like, honestly, let's just say Patrick Reed's career ends today we will move on and we won't beat him up very much. We probably won't no. like all, all the, all the talk about people hating him and cheating or whatever. It's like, it's probably easily going to get flushed by the wayside. Probably. Yep. Uh, John Daly. And then last but not least, number 12 on the 12 worst statistical putters since 2004, Kevin Stadler. You know, I hate to say it. I believe that. Cause that kid had some flashes where he was coming up and was supposed to be. Oh different. yeah. Then like like a piano fell on him outside of his hotel. It's like where like or to quote Michael Scott, he's like, "Where's Andy? Where the hell is he?" And he's like behind him, like splashing in the water. It's just like, where, "Where's Kevin? Where the hell is he?" I mean, yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you, if you don't have it and you're just an average ball striker, you're never gonna really make it mainstream. Meanwhile, a guy like Sergio Garcia, VJ Singh historically was a streaky That's putter. Probably the poster. Ch- well, you you want to talk about like how we were just saying, if you're the best putter, you win. VJ won a lot, but VJ is notorious for, well, he's older, but he's not winning right now. It's, and it's because he's still averaging 34 plus putts around. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he, I remember, I remember VJ was like, it was, it was like, if you looked at the, cause I remember it was a year where I averaged 36 putts around cause I'm bad. And this is, I'm talking, this is like 20 years ago when he was in, in VJ's heyday or when he was about to hit his heyday, mm-hmm. the average that like the average or near end average of like putts around for bad players on tour was 20 putts around or no 30, excuse me. 30 putts around and BJ was 33. Yeah. There was nobody in between 30 or 33. It was hit. He was in the caboose that was being towed behind another caboose. I mean, but, but he's such a legendary striker and such a, like a good player. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get yeah, tired of it. You. <laughs> I, you know what we've, we've, we've done a lot that I, I didn't think we were going to talk today. I, uh, I will say we are looking forward to uh, the California swing. At least I am. Uh, we've got we've got the American Express, which is the old Bob Hope um, at PGA West, uh, followed up by Tory Pines in two weeks. So that's kind of and, like the and, return and, of the big names. But then uh, Riviera after that. Yep, and then uh, Phoenix, and then we go back oh. to California with uh, AT and T, which they announced this week. The uh, Pebble Beach Pro Am will be a pro only this year, um, and then I'm, off I'm, to Riviera. How, how do you feel about that? I, I think it's warranted. Uh, I'm I'm okay with it too. 
you're, it, you're was, actually... it, was, it was enjoy it was enjoyable seeing Larry the Cable Guy in his outfits and seeing like Ray uh, Kevin James top one on seventeen at Pebble, and maybe it's sometimes it's fun seeing like maybe a team that might make it. How, how do I how do I word this? A team that gets like pretty far that you wouldn't expect, where you're just kind of like, oh look at Ke- it's Kevin Sorbo again. I knew that guy was good at golf. We haven't seen him in a while. Wayne Gretzky stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, that that's pretty cool. But at the same time. It's the AT&T Public Forum has always been my favorite event for the format and for the venue and for the location and for the time of year and just for the everything for the prestige that Tiger Woods won at, uh, at, at the right times in his career. That just the fact that all the winners the, the, and going back to the clam bake when it started back in Southern California with Bing Crosby and all them. I mean, it, it started off as just like you know, the celebrities screwing around. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just you can take the am out of the program in it and it doesn't bother me. It really honestly if you haven't seen bill murray's antics by now where have you been and number two if you've seen bill murray's antics you realize oh he's not as funny as how much his dick we sucked on screen because i'm sorry folks i'll i'll be the first to say it. bill murray's a very funny guy but he's very b plus and at best but when and when it comes to everything else in humanity i've heard he's very uh like withdrawn and very lacking in that regard like he just does what he wants to whenever he feels like it i'm like great that's a great way to be like interactive he doesn't have to be interactive but everyone reveres you and you're just going to be weird. Maddie, your mm-hmm. turn. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that Pebble Beach is a special place, and obviously it is a unique format, but um, I'm more or less looking forward to, in a non-U.S. Open setup, the focus solely being on the professional golf and the golf courts, which, which is what I think it deserves. Um, also gives them a chance. I believe they're only playing um, there in Spyglass, uh, so Monterey yes, Peninsula Country it, Club it, it, or, it, it, and or Poppy yeah. Hills will not be in the rotation this year. So possibly see a little more spyglass. I know it's traditionally one of the more difficult uh, courses on the schedule year after year after year. Um, The pros do like it. So it's, it's interesting and it's very unique. Have you ever played Monterey? I have not. Uh, I've never, I've I've never been to California. Yeah. I've never been. Well, you know what, much like uh, how I lived most of my life without ever having a Heineken, it's a good street to keep alive never being mm-hmm. in california that's fine especially considering uh, how that state is now and the way it is going to be for the next 20 years uh, spyglass i really enjoy I, I i hope it does get more exposure and you know what yeah if we're going to see this uh, venue which is a uh, definite major stop in but in non-major conditions i enjoy it is there not god maybe this is just me from where i grew up or what i pay attention to because i'm more of a u.s open fan than anything else or whatever but how come I have every inch of pebble memorized in my head and I've never been there? I've only played it on Tiger Woods a zillion times, like more than any other course. But then there's Augusta and it's just like, oh yeah, Augusta can fuck off. I know, but I know Pebble. We all know Pebble. Pebble Pebble is Jessica Rabbit. It's the hot cartoon that we can all identify and relate to as like a mm-hmm. standard something. But I mean, in the but I mean, we, I've always seen it in these conditions for the Pro-Am or for major venues, which I'll admit, something i like about pebble beach it produces the most random stories that i think that's why i cling to it being one of my favorite courses i like to piss on the pebble caddies but i mean but the course itself and for what it is it's like saying i love lucy is shit well it might not be the best tv show ever but it was what it was for a while and it's iconic you cannot argue iconic we can argue if something deserves to be iconic we can and and, but i hate to say it for as much as pebble gouges their customers uh and their guests there pebble uh, it's almost like disney it has every right to it Mm -hmm. they have they have the precedent to do what they do. But then you go to a place like Augusta and you go in there and you realize, oh, this hat's only $15. Yeah, because why would they try to gouge their patrons, gouge their, their patrons? You know, that's it. Here's a hat. Here's a $2 cheese sandwich. Enjoy. Yeah. I, it's interesting to have a, a PGA Tour stop on a world-renowned top 10 golf course um, year after year after year. And I think that's really unique. And obviously the setting is is extremely beautiful. Well, now, give me a timeout. Time- now time out yeah time out there are a few that i mean that's one of the things where i say like we need more like this but there sorry are... sorry sorry non non-majors non-major categories. okay 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 good okay now this 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 totally that split an axe right in between what i was going to say but it still works because you got tory pines on one hand which hosts majors <laughs> not a top 10 golf course in the world <laughs> no no first of all you didn't say okay. in the world go on go on you said on tour and it wasn't even that it wasn't even that but there's still a yearly stop at tory and it's a major worthy venue. And then I schismed off to the other side. 
and uh oh god i forgot what i was just gonna use as a comparison like you you just threw me off i was gonna be like aha here's one where it's this and here's one where it's that ah crap i forgot oh, were you gonna, gonna go with riff no 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 it was it was gonna be oh, uh, I, I, was gonna sing, I was gonna sing you but no no it, it was nah. harbor town harbor town that Whoa. is a, year, a yearly tour stop but it's never hosting a major correct correct why, why not why hasn't harbor town hosted a major where are you gonna put people I, oh, oh, oh excuse me that you're right you're pulling the band of noons card on me now and i honestly in a geographical <laughs> sense i did not take that i did not take that into consideration i didn't know I don't know where Harbortown is. I know it's in America, and I know it's on the Monopoly golf board, and it's popular. Okay, that's it. I, I, I get that. Yep, Hilton Head Island, no place to put people. The only reason why Torrey Pines is is hosting majors is because it's got lots of room to put people, things, and and, and places, um, and it's long and it's difficult. Okay, it's not I'll a memorable take, golf I'll course. I'll take flatter what you said. Long and difficult. You're right. I played Torrey Pines. I've lived there. It is the same nut buster hole over and over and over. However, mm-hmm. as I, I, I definitely, I most definitely have told you and I've said on the show and I'm sorry guys, if I'm beating dead horse, but ha, that's what we do. Oh, we should have a sound drop every time we say that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but Cal- people don't realize. And if anyone who doesn't live near the ocean within the sound of my voice right now, or somebody who's not in America, who doesn't understand the geography of America, Southern California does not have very many golf courses on the ocean or have oceanfront mm-hmm. property or views and so tori is one of those courses where there's a gigantic premium on that matt what are you doing with your arm i am peeling the plastic off of my new keyboard <laughs> i saw your hand i'm sorry i'm distracting I you i said you're going like he is he has brought up some type of like draw on the screen thing and he's putting this all around he's like drawing a border like look at this asshole here i'm drawing a, i'm drawing a ticker under him and i'm writing blah 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 jerry's blah 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 oh again with the with the blah 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 news with jerry on the blah 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 network <laughs> nope just peeling that little cellophane wrapping off of a new keyboard that i got today How, oh i was going i was about to ask you don't be one of those people who had it on there forever and you just now took no. it off if you had it on there forever, you fucking keep it on there forever. That's the rule. Exactly. <laughs> people, it stays on there. <laughs> it was driving me nuts because I'm looking at, I've got my iPad right in front of my keyboard and it was like reflecting weird off of it. And I, I had to get rid of it. Well, anyways, Smitty, anything else you want to cover? This has been a lot of fun today, but we should yeah, probably. It's been a very candid chat, but yeah. We we're, we're, we're about to, we're about to drop a nail on the hour mark, which is uh, according to algorithms, sir, this is what they want to hear. Because that's what, like, the longest commute is in the world is 60 minutes. No, it sounds good, buddy. I have nothing else to hit on this week. Uh, looking forward I'm not to your, another full-field event. Oh, I'm not, screw, I'm buddy, screw you guys. I'm going home. Mm. Dog, it's it's we're in the we're in the COVID century. Uh, we all are home. I mean, that's why that's why you're looking like you are with that mustache, and that's why. Well, that's just it, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't get seen by anyone. I don't go anywhere. So why not grow a mustache? Why not? Maddie, where can the fans find you if they're not listening to us right now? Like visually, uh, personally, tell us. Uh, at Bomb Squad Matt. What was the hesitation? <laughs> well, I was going to give out my address, but I don't want all the fan mail. I I, I haven't practiced my autograph oh, wait, wait, in years. Speaking of, fan, speaking of fan mail, Mark the Caddy, I got my cheese package today. Oh, he actually. Tell me I, more. It, when we were uh, when we were talking on one of the uh, uh, interviews I did with him, and I'll call him interviews because uh, he's he, he's a fun guest. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have him back on the show because we've done it three times together, and I want to get like everyone else I want to have on the show just be one and done or whatever, just be like, hey, you're a caddy, you're a caddy, you're a caddy, whatever. But um, I told him he was naming off all the flavors of cheese that he's working with in the in his off-season job. And I heard one that was just like Kentucky bourbon cheese. I'm like, stop! I want one of those. I want a wedge of the Kentucky bourbon cheese. And he said, oh, I'll send you a care package. Care package showed up today. The wedges are small. I don't know what is an ounceage, but I mean, they're not that big. But there's at least 12 wedges of cheese in this box. Uh, a, a bag of grated Parmesan, a bag of shredded Ooh. Parmesan, three bags of cubed cheese, two said Merlot, one said Kentucky bourbon. Um, I'm about to go cheese out when we get off of this. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't do it before. I don't know what your digestive system's like with all that cheese, but it's actually really bad. I've uh, my lactose intolerance has been uh, been uh, ramping up in with age, and uh, so I'm, I, I, if you take it with a grain of discipline and, and a grain of salt. It, uh, it works. 
Excellent. Well, on that <laughs> note, I bid all our listeners good evening, good morning, good night, whenever you're listening to this, good afternoon, and good luck to you, sir, on your cheese endeavor. <clears throat> I hope you thoroughly enjoy them. Cheese endeavor. That's the, that is the, that when, if, and when I grow my own weed, that will be the name of the strain is cheese endeavor. <laughs> cheese. Well, no, honestly, it just turns out Northern Lights is my favorite strain of anything, but Maddie, keep an eye out for this. If you see the word cheese in any strain ever and you're an Indica fan, it works. Cheeses, California cheese, the cheese, the cheese, cheesy. It, cheese, if, if the word cheese is in the strain, it's good. But you can find Matt at Bomb Squad. Matt, wait, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, usually Indica equals Indica couch for me. So In the no doy, but I mean, yeah, I get it. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Ben Bloom, uh, I know you're out listening, but thank you for getting me back onto live resin cartridges. I, 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 I've been slacking. So uh, anyways, for the Bomb Squad Golf Podcast, I'm Jerry Lou. You can find me caddying at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in Bandon, Oregon, United States of America. I'm on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper. It's right there. It's on the flask. And um, yeah, that's actually pretty much my only interaction is on Twitter. I do do another podcast, Loudest Looper. Um, it's mostly caddies just talking to each other about, I mean, we try to tease it like we bitch about golfers, which is all the listeners and we won't have golfers on ever. Sorry, Matt. But, um, you know, it's just caddies being caddies. Like I, I just want, I want to have a parabolic microphone at the smoke pit and I just want to take samples of our conversations. And that's what that, that's what that podcast is, except I force people into my house for 90 minutes. And, uh, you can find me, like I said, on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper, not as super as the other podcast, bomb squad golf co is our Twitter handle for the uh, Twitter account. But uh, I think Ty runs that and well, he's been busy. He hasn't had to do anything with the, with the Twitter, but we appreciate all the new listeners. I'm sorry if you had to wait this long to hear, but we really, really do. Uh, I've been told some of the numbers recently and they've gotten a big bump. So we really, really appreciate it. Matt, say something nice to the folks. Thank you. I just went to, so for those of you who barely heard that, I just went to take a big swig off my uh, gigantic Jack and Coke. I'm like, hey, Matt, go ahead. And bl-. That was code for, hey, Matt, blow me up for five seconds. But I told him to say something for 30 seconds earlier, folks. He didn't say shit. So I guess I should have saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't learn too quickly, do you there? Have you, real quick before we go, have you seen the movie Kingpin, right? I have not. Oh, God. Okay. So there's a, there's a good part where, yeah, you know what? I can't even do it. I can't even do it. It just takes too long to explain. And if you haven't seen it, it's just going to turn into a $5 story where you don't chuckle and I'm out of breath. So, <laughs> folks, thank you for listening to the Bomb Squad podcast. I'm Jerry Lou. That's Matt Smitty-Smith. Find us on Twitter and uh, make sure all bay doors are open. <laughs>